Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. This episode may contain triggers for some members of the listening audience. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Billy D's podcast. I am absolutely thrilled that you are here. If you've never checked out our program before, we are primarily an interview and a commentary podcast. You can find the Billy D's podcast pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. So glad you found us today. On the studio line with me today, I want to say hello to Jolene. Jolene, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And uh, my co-host and uh, somebody that, uh, you know, obviously, if, if you're regular listeners to either this podcast or uh, Christy's podcast, you know that uh, uh, we are associates. And uh, Christy Mickelson is on the program with me today as well as a co-host. Christy, thank you so much for uh, doing what you do for the podcast. I really always, appreciate Billy, it. Always, Billy. And it's always a pleasure to be here. And hello, Jolene. It's so glad to be here with you. Hi, Christy. Glad to be here with you as well. Awesome. Now, you know, it, uh, there's a lot of times we have authors on the program. And there's a lot of times we have advocates. Um, but every once in a while, somebody will get on our radar that um, is just like, is, is like a, a, a glowing light. And Jolene can be found on Twitter. She's on Twitter at Jolene Barletta. And you can find her on Twitter. She's got uh, a ton of followers. And I got to say, there's been a lot of people interested in this interview because she is, like I said, a light. She is somebody that people love to follow on Twitter. And uh, I'm so glad that you came in and uh, decided to share a little bit about you because uh, I, I can't help but say you've got to be an inspiration to a lot of people and we'll get into the audience. We'll tell them why in a minute, but thank you so much for, for coming on and, and deciding to tell your story. My honor and my pleasure. Sure. Um, on her, um, on her uh, bio, on her Twitter account, she says, hi, I'm Jolene. And she mentions cancer. Uh, surviving, I, I'm guessing that's stage four. Is that correct? The way you have that written? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And she has, welcome to my journey. And she says, I dance and I love coffee. And she's really into NFTs. So that's kind of cool too. All right. Um, the cancer part, um, you have some pretty personal pictures um, shown on your Twitter account. It's something that obviously is is traumatic uh, for anyone, that type of diagnosis. But before we get into that, let's back up just a little bit. Was there a place in your life where you thought, hey, you know what? I, I, I've, I've got it made. I, I'm young. I'm healthy. Um, I have children. I'm a mother. Uh, things are great. And can you tell us a little bit about that time in your life? 
Yes. Prior to cancer, I thought I had everything going for me. I was young, youthful. I was full of life. I loved sports just as much as I do now. And physically, I was there for it. You know, never once in my life did I think I'd get hit with something so crazy cruel. So yes, to answer that question. Yeah. What kind of sports do you like? What are some of your favorite sports? I love volleyball. Volleyball was a staple in my home growing up as a kid. I was MVP four years in a row and I was, yeah, starter each year. Um, And with that, I, I was a great overhand server. I think that was my signature when I played volleyball. That's absolutely fantastic. I noticed some pictures on your account of being in the gym. So you still enjoy, what do you do? Like lift weights and just try to stay in shape now? Is that what you try to do? Yes. When cancer recurred, I had to take a step back from that for a little while. And being in the gym, it uplifts me spiritually and mentally, physically, in all aspects. The gym is just my second home. It used to be anyway, and I hope to get back there very soon as I was just cleared from the doctor that I could go back. I love weightlifting. I love all of that stuff. Oh, that's absolutely fantastic. Uh, And I absolutely agree. There's got it. There's, there's a real connection between physical activity and mental health. Uh, Absolutely. So, um, when did you start to realize something was wrong? How did how did the how did cancer start to get on your radar? Well, I was working and I was pulling double shifts uh, where I was working and I started noticing a pain and it came not too far after I was finished breastfeeding. And I don't, I don't get tired of advocating for, for breastfeeding as far as finishing when, when you're, when you're, when you choose to be done with breastfeeding, it's important to finish pumping after you are done feeding your baby your breast milk um I noticed a lump and that lump kind of subsided it got ruled out in the beginning as a benign cyst and with that I didn't really play much into the fact that it could be cancer um further into it it wouldn't go away it actually kept coming back going away coming back and they finally did biopsies that showed abnormalities and with that the cancer journey began from then on i have had a cancer touch my family like a lot of people have my dad died of cancer of the pancreas and um and you know that's kind of one of the ones that's very aggressive i know they've actually gotten better with that a lot of people feel that cancer of the pancreas is always just cancer of the pancreas but there's different types there's some that are associated with um heredity which i was concerned about there's some that are you know associated with lifestyle and there's some that are just random um and depending on when they find it it has gotten better but that's one of the worst ones and that's knowing that my dad went that way that's kind of one of my my worst fears how do you get because i i i always have a fear of this happening how do you get through those first couple hours when you've heard that word when you when you've when you've had a doctor tell you the word cancer um how, how, how do you get through those first few hours 
you just know in your heart that like any other moment in your life, it'll pass. Um, I feel like if I wasn't knowledgeable in some aspect of cancer, my, my Nana passed away of pancreatic cancer too. And for that, I'm sorry for your loss as well. Um, knowing at least a little bit about it helps get us through that first phase of finding out, um, knowing that you're not alone. I feel like it, it doesn't get tiring to preach that. And during the first few hours, I went home, I let it sink in. I contacted all the people that I needed to, you know, touch base with and let them know, um, about this and all of that. So I just kept telling myself that any, like any other moment, it will pass. Um, you get through a regular Monday to start your week and your Monday is then over and you're almost to Friday. When Friday mm -hmm. starts, you go back to my, I mean, you go back to Monday and Friday's over with the weekend's done. So with cancer, it's the same thing. You got to take each step very carefully. You got to focus on your next moves when you get diagnosed. Yeah. You just have to remember that this too shall pass. Uh, Christy, um, I'm going to throw to you on this because you've gotten bad news more than once. Um, is this something you wanted to follow up with Jolene? Absolutely. And Jolene, just so you know, I have had cancer in my family all on my dad's side. My father passed away from renal cell carcinoma. My aunts passed away from breast cancer. We've had kidney cancer, breast cancer, thyroid cancer, it, it runs in our family. So I'm a huge advocate for cancer, number one. Number two, I had a breast cancer scare. I had a lump on my left breast that turned my breast purple. And it also made my breast look like a um, rotten orange. It turned out not to be breast cancer, but I know what I went through. I know the wow. feelings that I went through. If you don't mind talking about it, as a woman... When you heard the word cancer, what did it make you feel? I mean, did you feel like you were losing a part of you? Like, how did you feel? I felt like I was losing a part of me that I had to make up for. I felt like that there would be a void in in my physical appearance. Um, I know that there was a lot of talks about bilateral mastectomies. And at that point I didn't choose, I didn't make that choice yet. And they were saying, well, you could keep one. It's okay. We could, we could keep you one. And I'm like, well, I got to take this, this very seriously. And although beauty matters, beauty inside matters as well. And with that, I had to take that choice and I had to rock with it. And I knew that no matter what I decided, it was going to benefit my family and most importantly, my babies. Um, the changes that my body has gone through, I can only imagine what, what you felt as well. And as women, you're right, we go through the most and we also learn how to live with ourselves. And I feel like Someone was looking out, you know, because it happened during a time where I was already comfortable with my body. And with that, I needed to to progress in a different aspect. I couldn't continue progressing while I'm still beautiful. I have both of my breasts and nothing's wrong with me. I had to progress in a different light. I had to let that light shine differently. And with that, I was able to. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Billy, can I throw in one more question real quick? 
Absolutely. And, go right and ahead. Like I said, anything that you're not comfortable with, please feel free not to answer. But did it change? And this is really personal here, but did it change how your spouse looked at you? Was it, I know my husband, when we just went through the surgery, I, I felt like Frankenstein because I had scars this way and scars this way. And my husband was afraid to touch me for months afterwards. Did you go through anything like that? I had to start dating again. I knew that at that time that I went through all of that, I was staying with a friend and that friend showed me a different side of, you know, being with someone. It didn't matter to him about, you know, the whole title about boyfriend, girlfriend, it didn't matter. And I think that's the most important part of going through something so massive and living with that and learning from it, I learned that a title didn't matter anymore. Um, what mattered is, am I being treated right? Am I treat? Am, am I being treated beautifully? So I started dating again and it took a big step. Like I took a big step. It took a lot for me to do so. And within that step I took, I also found a lot of hesitance. I also found a lot of vulnerability because I was willing to meet someone. And at that time I had no knowledge of how to be loved differently. Um, I look differently, of course. And, you know, I had guy friends that would tell me things that I didn't know before. And if they hadn't had told me that and this and that, if they hadn't told me the things that they shared with me, I wouldn't know what I do now. And I've stayed single for a while. I've been single for about a year and a half, over a year and a half. And finding myself, I feel, is the most important thing that a woman like me that has been through what I've been through, cancer especially, I feel like that's the most important thing that anyone can do for themselves before they marry, before they, you know, uh, take that step into getting a spouse. Um, yeah, I understand exactly what you what you mean. And I... I made sure that I didn't jump into a relationship um, for that very purpose. I knew how I felt about my body. I knew how I felt about the changes it went through and how fast those changes were happening. So if I were to have given that to a spouse, if I were to have given that to someone um, right off the bat, I feel that it wouldn't have worked out. And if I was in a relationship already and that, and I went through that, I definitely still would have given myself that space from my husband. If I was married to, you know, to find light in it and to let him know that it's not you, honey. Like it's, it's, you know, it's me. I'm taking a step back to realize of all of these changes I'm going through. So you're strong for Thank that, you. Christy. But just know that strong. so are you. I mean, I'm I'm trying hard. Billy knows me. I cry yes. over everything, but I'm trying very hard <laughs> because I relate to you so well in yeah. this. And, uh, you know, before I do cry, I'm going to pass it back to Billy. Here you go, Bill. Let me tell you, Jillian, you have a, uh, uh, a strength and an energy that really comes across. And uh, that's kind of what... Uh, you know, is, is special about your presence on, on social media. So uh, coming out of all those changes that you went through, this positivity that you have, this uh, inner light, I'll call it, without trying to sound corny, but you, you have this, like I said, this presence about you that's very inspiring. Is this something that you found 
coming through your cancer journey or, or was this something that have you always been that way? It's kind of my question. Is, is, or is, this, is this something that you've built? That's a good question. Um, it's something that has accumulated over time. I feel like the choosing of friends have helped me become who I am today. The support that I've learned to find have has definitely, you know, took a place in my, in my life for that as well. Um, growing up, I was always bubbly. I was considered very funny. Um, I was also considered an open listener with all of my friends. And I feel like having a great support over time builds you as a character, as a charactered person, as, as a human being. So cancer just added to that pot of, of coolness, I guess you can say, and I don't get tired of, of building that. Well, that's great. Um, that's a great attitude. Now you say you love to dance. Um, has dancing been a part of your your attitude. I mean, we talked about the physical activity and of course, like walking on a treadmill is good for you, but it's, it's not really a whole lot of fun. Right. Uh, but dancing can kind of, you know, do both, you know, you can have uh, a lot of fun and by the same token, uh, you know, get some exercise. It's, it's a really good activity. So tell us a little bit about the kind, the type of dancing that you do. Well, I got to say thank you to my parents for putting me into dancing at age three. Tap mm-hmm. dancing, I loved. I loved tap dancing. The sounds, the sensory aspect of tap dancing just, you know, gratified and stuck. And over time, I danced with a dance, um, a dance center until I was about 15 or 16, give or take. And I was in one of the highest levels in that center. And since then, I still tap dance. I love dancing. Jazz dance was one of those other ones where I did two types of dancing a week. I was very strict into the schedule that I had, sports, dance, um, Girl Scouts even. And with all of those types of, of groups, I found comfort in the talents that I still have. Cancer, I'm going to tell you right now, I thought cancer was going to take that away because I was using a cane for for months and I just recently got off of that cane and I've been I've been walking normal. I've been doing it again. And the other day I actually did Shanae's everywhere. I did arabesques everywhere. I was tap dancing while I was doing my laundry and it showed me that cancer cancer isn't here to stay. I don't get tired of preaching that. Um, it's here, but it's not, it's not welcome. And with that dancing's back. So I find light mental health stability and dancing a lot of the times that I live. Would you call yourself um, an advocate for mental health? I know you you mentioned it one, every once in a while in your social media. Would you say that you're uh, an advocate for that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, mental health is one of those things I've struggled with um, until I actually started learning more and more and more about how to just hold on to it and don't let go. Um, having that support is where that comes into play. Being a mental health support advocate, I've learned to also find light in that as a career. Um, I have a case manager. I also am a client with, um, with behavioral health services, a behavioral health service agency. And I take my mental health very seriously. If you struggle with mental health, 
always find that outlet, always allow yourself to do so and manage it throughout time. And you will definitely start finding yourself stable, healthy, mentally and spiritually. Christy is a, a big mental health advocate as well. I'm sure you want to follow Absolutely. up with that a little bit. Um, I don't know how far you've researched into any of my stuff, but my children are autistic. And at one point, my son had a little bit of issues where he had suicidal thoughts and I've lost a lot of loved ones from suicide. Has any of your friends, family, anything like that ever gone through depression and anxiety that caused suicidal thoughts? And have you ever gone through it? And if so, what would you tell our listeners how you got through it? I have friends that have. My sister struggled terribly in that department and she is no longer here with us. Um, drugs drugs definitely played a role in into mental health and and in suicide at one point. And throughout the ending time of her life, she she wasn't suicidal, but she knew the life that she wanted to live. And her and I had a conversation around like a couple years before her passing. And she she was set that there was nothing more for her as far as, you know, well, I can get a career, but I don't feel like working and stuff like that. And I couldn't I couldn't tell her otherwise, because in that in that aspect, it was kind of disrespectful to her. She told me that um, it was disrespectful type of like, if I didn't agree with it, if I wasn't just there for her as a, as a sister, then there was no, I don't know how to explain it, but there was no, there was no other way to look at it. So I, I let her think that way, but I never left her side. And I think that spoke louder than what she wanted out of her life two years or a few years before, before her passing. Um, I myself struggled for a while. I was actually institutionalized um, due to suicidal thoughts at at some points in my life. And being as it may, I found comfort in that. And I also found help. I, I definitely seeked the kind of help that I didn't think that I'd be able to find through art. Um, when I would go to the institution, they'd have art groups. They'd help get our minds off of why we were there. And if it's not for places like that, that provide those types of things and, and instant measures, it's definitely difficult to find that help. Um, my friends, not a lot of them, but some have definitely have had suicidal thoughts and they haven't acted on them. And I highly believe that it's because we've been there for each other and we, we don't support each other's thoughts, but we support each other's hearts and we'll always tell each other, Hey, you shouldn't think like that. Like you're more beautiful than that. And we'll uplift each other. But at the same time, we'll also be that you know, that arm to hold on to and that shoulder to cry on. I also feel that if you're not taking care of yourself, it's very difficult for you to do so and to be there for others when you're not taking good care of yourself. Wonderful answers. And I'm, I'm very sorry for any losses, including the loss of your sister. So I, I know how that goes. I've lost a very good Thank friend you. of mine. I've lost a cousin by suicide. I have lost a fiance by suicide. And again, I was worried about my son just last year because again he is autistic and yeah. people tend Sorry. to bully 
I'm going to yeah. throw it back just a little bit to the cancer part. With with cancer, I know it tends to give brain fog sometimes. My, my father went through brain fog a little bit. Does that ever yeah. play a huge role in, I guess, your own mental health? Have you ever just felt like, you know what? I'm tired of this crud. I'm so tired. I can't do it anymore. How do you get through those feelings? I know you've danced. I know you do art, but has there ever just been a time that you can't, you just can't function anymore and you can't take it? Brain fog. Um, they, they chemo told brain. me it's called chemo brain. And with chemo brain, I have found frustration. Um, this time around the treatments that I'm on don't cause that, which is absolutely yes. a blessing in disguise because when I had chemo brain, I was just, I was just trying to keep up with everyday life, not trying to, to, to fail. And within those days that I lived with chemo brain, it was definitely hard to explain that to other people that didn't know anything about it. And there was a uh, one time that I was institutionalized and chemo brain played a part in that. And when I tried to explain it to other people, there was some that needed to know more about it. And once they did, they embraced it. Um, chemo brain has definitely had me, um, having days that I felt like, uh, I'm just going to watch TV and go to sleep because I can't remember this or that. I can't, you know, I can't, I, I could barely, barely remember to make myself something to eat at that time. And when I would make myself something to eat, chemo allowed me to not eat because it was so, it was such a bad drug. Like chemo had me bald, had me lose a lot of weight because of the types of food that I couldn't stand to smell. Um, chemo brain played a factor. And of course, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything, but it also played a part in my days tremendously. And I'm glad I'm not there anymore. Thank you for asking that. It's a good question. As a, as a lupus patient, we kind of go through something similar. Now, we don't have chemo brain, even though they do want me to do a cyto cyto I can never say it. It's a form of chemotherapy to help the lupus. And I've been frightened. I've been really frightened to even go yeah. start it because again, I have two special needs kids. I care for my mom who has heart disease. I know what my dad went through. And my dad went through the chemo brain. He couldn't eat. He had blisters on his tongue from the interferon. Yeah, the interferon yeah. injections. He had, he, he just couldn't do it anymore. And that's why I thank you for coming on here and sharing your story. Because so many people don't know what you guys go through. It is a very personal and very spiritual and very frustrating sometimes journey. And I personally thank you for coming on and sharing with everyone. I did want to say this is one of the reasons why Jolene and, and so many people like her telling their story means so much. And I would almost have to say in regard to the mental health, it's, it's probably more important than anything else. And I'll tell you why. I, I believe that people understand that cancer is a disease. I, be, I believe people understand yeah. heart disease, uh, whatever the case may be, you know. Uh, but when it comes to mental health, there's a stigma around that. People uh, still have that little thing in their head that it's a weakness or people are going to think badly of me. And yeah. um, there's absolutely no reason not to come forward. On the subject of suicide, 
First of all, in the United States, there is a new suicide hotline, which is real easy. It's 988. And once again, that number is 988. And if you have any uh, uh, feelings of uh, hurting yourself or anything like that, that is a great number. In yeah. regard to mental health in general, there's a, a great organization called NAMI. That's N-A-M-I. Um, in most cases, they have uh, affiliates around the country. If not, they can probably point you to some resources um, in your local community that can get you some help. There is um, more resources now for mental health than there ever has been before. Not that there isn't work to do, but absolutely come forward. Um, as I said about a disease, if you have something going on, if you fell down and hurt your elbow, uh, you know, the bone sticking out, <laughs> you you go to the emergency room, right? Uh, but for some reason, when we're hurting emotionally, uh, we don't do it. And don't wait until a crisis comes along and by all means seek help. Um, and that's one of the things that being a mental health advocate uh, is, is so important to get across is get over that stigma and get yourself help. Would you want to follow up yeah. with that, Jolene? Yes, it's absolutely important to remember that you're not alone in situations that you feel like you are. Um, I've used that hotline. It is a great hotline. I remember being 16 or 17 years old and I used that hotline and someone was quick to help me. I got off the phone and I had a better day the next day. That night that I called them, I didn't think that it was going to end that good. So just know you're not alone. And I have a Twitter. You're more than welcome to hit my DMs up. You're more than welcome to just send me a message if you need someone there to talk to. Um, with chemo brain as well, it can send us in a state of thinking like, oh man, like this is not the life for me. Like I don't want this, like all of that. And if you have that, that extra helping hand that'll write down everything for you to help you remember too. That'll definitely help with your mental health, with, um, with things as such. So remember you're not alone and it is a diagnosis and you are what you make it. And you're a beautiful person to not make it anything other than beautiful. That's a great message. And one more word on the subject of suicide. Uh, a lot of times there is a stigma associated with that. We don't want to talk about it. I've talked to people that had their children uh, die by suicide and they wouldn't even mention that in the obituary. That's how, that's how sensitive the topic can be. And that's their personal choice. I would never criticize anyone for that. But it's all part of a bigger narrative that we keep this subject in the back room. And I really feel that being able to openly discuss it is very important. It's it's a part of mental health and it shouldn't be regarded as, as anything other. It's, it's an issue that needs to be dealt with. If you are around someone and you feel this person doesn't sound like they normally do and they might, maybe they're, they're, they're considering hurting themselves, by all means, say something. I know a lot of times that People are afraid to say something because they think that that might reinforce the idea or give them the idea. The fact of the matter is, we don't know what could happen, uh, but statistically, that does not happen very often. It is far, far, far worse to say nothing. If you say nothing, that is almost an invitation for disaster. And if you're worried about offending someone uh, or hurting their feelings by uh, asking that, I would much rather offend someone then be second guessing a couple of days later or whatever after a tragedy happens, should I have said something? 
Um, it's very important. You, I, you both can follow up on that because I know you have opinions about that. Uh, uh, Jolene, uh, uh, go first, please. I feel like you're right. There's no other way to say it. It's it. It can lead to disasters if if something isn't said. It could also be the trademark to someone's life if something is. Um, amazing things can happen if you help someone out by helping out the potential risk of them, you know, harming themselves. Um, I don't get tired of telling this either. It is one thing to be there for yourself, but to be there for others when you notice, especially when you notice that something is wrong, to stay silent about it is is staying silent with yourself. Um, never be afraid to to help your friends out. Never be afraid to help those that are in pain out. Um, if you feel like you can help them out, do it. If you feel like they need a different kind of help, do it. There is nothing more than losing a life when it can be prevented. And I think prevention is, is very important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I, I kind of want to follow that up a little bit. As Jolene said, if you can say something, say something. As Billy said, please do. Don't be afraid to offend people. I'm just going to give a quick little, uh, yeah. quick little background here. When I was younger, I was 18 way back in the day because I'm old now. But way back in the day, I was 18. I was engaged to someone that was my first love. And he, he didn't seem normal for a while. Something was off. He was telling me stories that I'd never heard before. And all of a sudden he wasn't being himself, just something was off. And I just put it out the window. I didn't connect it. We ended up breaking up a couple months later and my life moved fast. I ended up pregnant. I got married. Like, everything moved fast in a different life. And all of a sudden I'm getting a phone call from that fiance's mother that he committed suicide. He ended up I, I, I don't want to offend anybody, but I'm just going to say it because people need to hear it. He was so down and so depressed that I didn't pick up on that. And he hung himself in his parents' garage. And I keep blaming myself. Well, I blamed myself for years. I kind of went over that by now, but uh, I blamed myself for years afterwards because if I would have just went and said, hey, this person doesn't seem right today. Can you kind of follow up and see if he's okay? If I would have said something back then, if I would have connected the dots, maybe he would have still been here today. And the same story kind of goes when I was a caregiver shortly after my father died, I was caring for someone who was quadriplegic. And uh, he kept telling me he was going to retire in the city of Big Bear. And that made no sense to me because he wasn't working. I was like, okay, you know, great. Big Bear's wonderful. We went up to Big Bear for a weekend. We went fishing. Yeah. I took him, took the kids, and we had a wonderful time. I went back home. I told him I'd see him again the next weekend, and we'd go to the zoo. And I get a phone call once again from his mom that he was no longer there, that he retired in Big Bear. So if you, this, this message is to everyone, if you notice something about a friend or a loved one or anyone that you're close to that doesn't seem right, don't be afraid to speak out. Because all of a sudden, if something does happen, you're, you're going to feel that guilt and that guilt will eat at you for years because you yeah. feel like you should have connected the dots. You feel like you might've been the one to stop them. 
I don't want anybody else to go through that guilt. If you see someone all of a sudden not eating anymore or not taking joy in the things they always took joy in, like baseball or football or something, please speak out and say, Hey, I noticed you're not, you're not being your normal self. Are you feeling okay? Or talk to someone. And if you do need someone to talk to, once again, that phone number is 988 for the suicide hotline. And you can always reach out to Jolene, myself, or Billy on twitter.com. Billy, back to you. Sure. I would just add this uh, caveat. It, it's always great to lend an ear. Um, but I uh, I always, I kind of want to leave this disclaimer. Disclaimer, there's times when professional help is needed. And um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, and professional help is, I'm actually in that industry at my day job. Um, you know, Jolene, uh, I know is, has a, has a connection to that. And Christy is very much an advocate for it. And, um, professional help is something that you should, if you feel, uh, you know, if you're that troubled and that little voice says, maybe I need help, there's no better time to get it than right now. So uh, I'll, I'll leave you with that. I'll, I'll kind of turn a corner here on maybe on, 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 the, on the lighter side of things. Uh, I know that Jolene in her uh, Twitter bio has the NFT. She's, uh, she's, on, the, uh, she's on the NFT uh, bandwagon. <laughs> I don't, I don't, it's a real thing. I'm just kind of, but everybody's talking about NFTs. You know, uh, they're all the buzz. Um, <laughs> so uh, what is it about NFTs? And are you, or do you do the art and everything, right? So that kind of ties in. Is that correct? To tell us why you that do. brings you so much enjoyment. <laughs> you, you light up. You got this big smile. <laughs> as much as it lights me up is as much is as much as um, the art lights me up. I I have had so much fun since I've started NFTs, and with all of those mental health problems that I have had, it it definitely plays a big role in it. NFT has saved the day, you know, and Mm -hmm. during chemo, I found light in art. I was bored. I was in my chair. Um, I didn't know how to do anything else other than journal. Um, you know, I didn't have a big Twitter. I didn't know how to get things rolling as far as what I wanted to do with my Twitter. Um, NFT is one of those things where when you're having a bad day, you type in something, whatever it is you're thinking, and it's called AI generating and AI is artificial intelligence. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's definitely, um, it's definitely an awesome thing. Um, there's websites that are provided. There's apps that you can download that allow you to type in either a simple sentence or a big sentence, a paragraph from a book um, of what's on your imagination. You type in whatever it is you're imagining and it generates the perfect picture for you. Um, I've also taken NFTs um, from getting them generated on apps and such, and I've taken the role to bring back my my art. My sister, she was very big on art. She loved abstract. She had classes and she took art very seriously, much more seriously than I ever did. And with her art, she's had piles and piles that she left us with. And to continue living out that for her, it means the world to me to do. And NFT is one thing that takes us away from, you know, the drama, I guess, if you're having anything that you're going through that, 
you may don't feel, you don't feel like journaling. You feel like getting your imagination out into perspective. NFT is 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 right spot on. I can't describe it anything else than that. My friend Nancy, she is a phenomenal friend that I barely met through this whole journey. And she showed me um, how to do all of it. And she's still showing me as we go along. And um, she has her sister's foundation. She lost her sister to breast cancer. And Nancy built this foundation, the Diana Rasha Foundation. And she continues to build for her sister in her sister's honor because her sister is no longer here with us today as she lost her life to breast cancer. And when you have something so tragic, even when you don't have something tragic in your life, NFT definitely helps you create things that you never thought that you could create. So shout out to Nancy. She is just a doll and everything that she's building for is immaculate. And I can't thank her enough for getting me into this. <laughs> so cool. Well, you know what? It really uh, does our heart good to see you light up. Because <laughs> then you really lit up when I mentioned that. Um, yeah. As, as, we're, as we're rolling down towards the end of the interview, I just want to pass it to Chrissy one more time. Uh, how would you like to follow up? Jolene, you and I had privately had a conversation where you had mentioned you would like to do a, a meet and greets with people. With that being said, have you ever thought about putting your story into a book? Because if you want to, yeah. I will gladly book a little book signing event, a couple of signing events with you. I would do that in a heartbeat, girl. Awesome. I, I wanted to learn more about book building, um, creating a book and I'm not sure what it'd be called, but I know that it touch a lot of, a lot of personal things and a lot of great things that others can relate to book writing. I never thought I'd, um, I'd think about, but I like journaling a lot and putting my diary into something really cool is, is very much, um, thought of, I, I don't know if you've heard about this book, but as a teenager, there was a book called dear, uh, go ask Alice. And it was Alice's journal in a book form. And I found light in that book as a teenager and having something like that for the world would be awesome. I, I really have to buy your book. It, you have many to choose from. I love romance and to take me out of this single life for a minute, I, I would love to have one of your well, books. You send so me your I address and I will out. send you every single copy that I have at the moment. <laughs> but let, let me tell you, let me tell you real quick. <laughs> don't expect too much from them. My books actually started how you're talking about starting from journaling. My children were autistic and my son kind of came in and he was like, mom, do this professionally. I was like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. And I didn't. I just threw a journal up and made it into a story. So if I can do it, you can do it. And I would love to see you tell your story because you have a beautiful story to tell. And like I said, if you ever want to do a meet and greet, girl, I'm not far from you. I think we're like 12 hours from each other. So we will hook up. And my best friend is actually there in Arizona. So I can go stay at her house. We're all good. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Billy. And by the way, everybody, please check out Jolene. Check her out on Twitter. She is an awesome chick. Billy, back to you. Oh, well, that's you. what I was going to say. Uh, uh, I hope I'm saying your, your name correctly on, on Twitter. You're Jolene Barletta. Is that correct? Yes. Um, is there any place else uh, online that you would like to direct people to? 
I'm on IG. You're more than welcome to follow me on there. Um, IG is the same name on um, IG. It's Jolene Barletta on Twitter. It's Jolene Barletta on all platforms. OpenSea, if you want to check out my NFT collection, go ahead and do so. I'm building that. Um, OpenSea is the same name, um, Jolene Barletta. So I'll hand it back to you. Thank you so much for having me both. And it has been a pleasure. Maybe we could do this in the future again. You're always welcome. One more question. Do you have a parting shot or anything you would like to say? A message of hope, anything like that you would like to give the audience? To all of you going through the most, to all of you who are going through what you believe, nothing. Um, Just know that you can make the most of yourself with just something so small. It doesn't have to be big. My picture blew up out of nowhere. And there's always that hope if you're going through cancer, I'm just DM away. You're not alone. And with that, don't be afraid to explore your horizons. Don't be afraid to explore your potential and find it. Know your worth. Know your worth. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Jolene, for for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, to have you here. You are welcome anytime. Anytime you get an idea, something's going on, you want to share, feel free to reach out. You can find Jolene on Twitter at Jolene Barletta. My co-host, Christy Mickelson, you can find her on Twitter at Christy Books and... uh, Do you have anything uh, of late that you want to share about what you got going on? Uh, what's uh, right the now, we're still on Christmas to remember the lupus has slowed me down a lot. And so I am currently still working on oh, Malibu okay. Lounge, which everybody's on my my case to get it finished. But it's going to be the end of the year, guys. Um, my health has to come first right now. So end of the year. Absolutely. And we appreciate you. I know that you you haven't been feeling well, but you I, I got to tell you, Jolene, I, I couldn't have kept her here I did. away from here. She she wanted to talk to you. That's all she's been talking about. Yeah. She's amazing. You're she's amazing. Girl. We, we will talk more. Yeah. You can also find Christy on the WWAA podcast. Yeah, and uh, uh, she does a great job over there. Uh, as far as uh, the program goes, my name is Billy Dees. You can find me on Twitter, really easy to find, at Billy Dees. And you can find the Billy Dees podcast pretty much on any platform. We're on all the major ones, so we shouldn't be hard to find. I always use the same screen name, just like Jolene does, whether it be on social media or the podcast, what have you. It's always Billy Dees or the Billy Dees podcast, uh, so it's it's real easy to find. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast program today. Thank you to to my very special guest, Jolene. Thank you to my co-host, Christy. And for myself, Billy Dees, thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. And we will talk to you again next week. and host of the self-titled podcast, The Billy D's Podcast. We are primarily an interview and a commentary-based podcast featuring authors and creators talking about their craft, advocates for community issues, and myself and an array of co-hosts discussing current events. There's no partisan ranting and raving going on here, just great content. You can find The Billy D's Podcast on your favorite platform and on Twitter at Billy D's. Thank you, and I hope you listen in.